Well, welcome to the Desire Truth podcast. I'm joined today by Phil Moore, the Director of Youth and Music Ministry at Cornerstone Church, just a stone's throw away from Lincoln and Nottingham. Uh, Phil, if I can say this, was the mastermind behind uh, Home for Christmas, a fantastic worship resource that, that we were able to use in the online church season of last year. Uh, before we get into all of that and the new projects that Phil's got going on, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, um, just so we can get to know you a bit. Sure. Thanks so much, Ross. It's great to be with you today. Uh, yeah, I'm Phil, and uh, I've been living here in Nottingham with my family for on and off for the last 10 years. And uh, yeah, at Cornerstone for the majority of that time. Uh, my wife's called Jill, and we've got two young boys, Elijah and Jonah, who are five and two, and hopefully not making too much noise in the background. <laughs> I'm sure they'll cope. I'm sure they'll cope. A few, a few, few minutes of science. You're clearly not from Nottingham. Tell us a little bit about your background. Um, I, I'm, I'm guessing not even in England you're from. So there that's you. right. Yeah. So I grew up in Belfast, uh, Northern Ireland. Mum and dad are still back home there. Uh, yeah. So I spent the first 18 years of my life there. I uh, grew up really going to the local Presbyterian church in in Belfast. That that served us incredibly well. Uh, just a real hunger and love for the, the word of God in that church. And uh, just a real blessing to grow up in a, a church where there was a kind of vibrant ministry for children and young people. And uh, there, were, there were other people who really came to the same kind of age and stage growing up in the church there. I'm thankful for that. And yeah, from a, from a very young age, getting involved with the, the music ministry at the church and, and uh, playing away. I think I was actually 11 years old when I first played the piano in church for a proper church service so that was that was quite young <laughs> my, my daughter who's eight she's learning the piano we haven't quite Brilliant. got to uh, being able to play a song we, we have eight we're able to do a few clips uh, but what what really interests me is we've had an Australian on we've had an American on this podcast we've had yeah. Uh, an Englishman on this podcast, we now have a Northern Irishman, all being interviewed by a Scotsman. This is what you call an international podcast. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing is, every time I talk to someone, I'm like, oh, I used to live there, or I spent time there. I also spent time in Northern Ireland. I spent three years in childhood, um, lived in Coleraine. My brother, if he's listening, he better be listening, uh, lives in Lurgan. <laughs> so, um, you know, all these connections, wonderful family of Christ. I've got to ask you, Ross, what's been the favourite accent so far? What have you enjoyed most? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to jump right in there and say Liv Chapman's Australian. Um, oh, yeah. Very, very easy to listen to. Lovely. Um, we haven't um, released some of the ones yet, but let's just say um, by the time you've listened to, to this podcast, folks, you've probably heard the, the very clear English accent of Jonathan Carswell. And all I'll say is, he has another twang as well that you just, you feel like you have to buy books because he's talking to you. <laughs> but no, it's great to have a Northern Irishman uh, being interviewed by a Scotsman. Look at that. If you're out there and you're from a different country, we want to hear from you too. Other countries are available, as they say. Uh, but Phil, tell us about your ministry background. Some of the things you've maybe been involved in. Clearly, you played a song at 11 years old in church. How did you get into ministry and how did all that develop? Yeah, so I guess I grew up during a real transition in the musical culture of our church. And uh, uh, I think when, when I was a child, it, it, really in our church, church um, set up back home, it was, you know, you had the organ and you had the piano. And if they were really going for it, you had the organ 
and the piano together. And that was the majority of my life growing up until probably I hit probably 13 or 14 when the infamous drum kit arrived in the church, uh, which was divisive, I'd say, and had a mixed uh, mixed appeal. Um, but like, Did it come with a loud drummer as well? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It, yeah, we had a drummer who was probably at that point in his kind of mid sixties, early seventies. And he was like, you know, an extra member of the Rolling Stones really. Uh, on a Sunday morning and uh, so that, that was an interesting time really to kind of to be growing up and to be getting involved with music in church because you know lots of people have lots of different kind of opinions about what you did what what music we should do what that looked like stylistically and and I, I just got really excited and energized by that because you know there was so much opportunity to see um, new songs and new hymns coming out and I remember back in 2001 when uh, you know I was still kind of at uh, at secondary school and uh, hearing the song in Christ alone for the first time and you know I was there Keith Getty was at the piano in Belfast at a, at a concert and I heard it and I must admit my first reaction was it'll never catch on <laughs> because I think you know you as a young person I was really excited by the energetic songs the fast bit songs you know of course that is a song which is just uh, been been such a, a wonderful service to the church and and kind of really released a whole um, I guess a model for what it would look like to write contemporary hymns for the church and and I love that and and probably have been influenced by nothing less than that uh, nothing more uh, that's been the most significant thing probably so uh, yeah I grew up doing music in church and had lots of opportunities to kind of have a go kind of leading music leading a band at a, at a young age then I came over to to study university. Um, I thought I was going to be a music teacher. That's what what the route I thought was going to take. So I studied a music degree here in Nottingham, actually at the university, quite an academic course. And uh, at, at that point, I thought, yeah, I'll do a PGCE, be a music teacher, you know, do that for 50 years, retire, you know, happy days. But uh, along the way, just various things led me to think, you know, maybe we should explore doing something else, maybe for a year. So, you know, I, I did an internship at Cornerstone here in Nottingham and uh, kind of led up the the youth and the music ministry as part of that and uh, um, that was just such a, a great opportunity just to test out some kind of ministry gifts and, and leading in a, a church setting and around the same kind of time i i started to write hymns uh, as at the same time as, as starting to be asked to lead music and be involved with playing in a band at various conferences around the country and so that the keswick convention uh, word alive uh, and some other events locally men's conventions women's conventions things like that which just gave a slightly uh, i guess larger audience to to the music that we were we were playing and begin to write at that point, um, I work with uh, a fellow Scotsman, uh, Colin Webster, who uh, has led worship at, at the Keswick Convention for many years. And really since about the year 2007, we, we've, we've kind of done that together, 2008, I think it was. Uh, and so uh, on and off for kind of 10, 10 years plus, I've been involved with, with, um, with doing music at the Keswick Convention. And that's been a great service to me. So yeah, uh, that's kind of, I guess, a, a bit of a pit stop ministry journey until my current role, which is uh, leading up the youth and ministry, music ministry in the church at Cornerstone. And I guess as part of that job, I'm so thankful to the leadership and the eldership who give me time to 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 lead worship at various events and conferences around the country and, and involved with the FIC at the FIC conference and still doing Keswick and, and other things as well. I was listening to you 
at FIEC Leadership Conference. I'm trying to think now, probably 2018, 2019, maybe. Sure, um, yeah. And I just remember, the key thing I remember there, and we're going so off topic here now on, on the questions I've given Phil, but I remember it was the first time I heard you and Colin um, sing and, and, and lead these you know, thousand pastors and elders in a new version of Will Your Anchor Hold? Um, and I remember um, standing there, you know, amongst um, fellow leaders and, and really being caught by quite a bit of an emotion because this, you know, will your anchor hold? Generally, if you've been around churches for a long time, you know, that's a good old dusted off hymn and it comes in every so often and mm -hmm. everyone gets quite excited about it. And oh, they're the good old days. But you guys just slowed it down, changed it all up and, it, and just really powerful. Maybe if you want to give a bit of insight into how that song came about how you changed it and things like that um, i'm kind of reminiscing back to the days when i had a thousand people singing around me and and this one yeah Tell us a little a, bit about that. it's a powerful moment isn't it you know back in the day when you hear the congregation sing and we do long for that again you know when we'll hear gathered thousands hundreds of people our church family singing together yeah that that song came um uh really my background was growing up uh, i i was involved with the boys brigade and uh, uh that is the anthem of the Boys Brigade, Will Your Anchor Hold? And, uh, you know, I'm so thankful to that background because I think that was probably my first experience of, of evangelism, really, you know, both kind of hearing the gospel myself, but also um, being encouraged to bring friends along to church. And, and that was powerful to me. And, uh, the, yeah, I've probably got a similar kind of memory to yourself in that, you know, kind of a sentimental, old kind of Victorian melody bouncing along. Um, but but I was always struck by the words and that first line, will your anchor hold in the storms of life? You know, will your anchor hold? I think there's probably no better question that we could ask anyone in, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of any kind of trials that we might face in our life, in the middle of anything, you know, what is your anchor and is it strong enough? to kind of carry you and keep you going so uh that's why yeah i sat down at the piano one day and this is what sometimes happens a, a new melody came straight away for the verse and i thought it'd be nice to keep the, the traditional melody for the chorus which is an element of familiarity We'd, we've done this in several songs actually um uh, there, there there is something nice about teaching new songs i love that but when you you've got to be careful when you play around with hymns because people do uh, you know people are we can be quite sentimental about these things which is absolutely fine you know we should be because they're 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 precious to us you know, we have special memories associated with with melodies and hymns and tunes and words and uh, so I think keeping the traditional chorus was was an aspect of that and there's a richness in that. And then with my friend Colin, uh, we, we added some new words to the verses, kind of really trying to develop that theme, that questioning of ourselves and of those who maybe are, are yet to trust in the Lord Jesus, you know, what is your anchor? Is it strong enough to hold? And, you know, the response from the chorus, we have an anchor, mm. um, you know, which is, which is firm and deep in the Saviour's love. And yeah, I've just been delighted to see how that song has kind of traveled and, and has, um, yeah, many churches now uh, across the UK and wider afield who are using that regularly. And uh, yeah, that's a great encouragement to me and hopefully an encouragement to, to others too. Super. I know you can listen to it on the kind of Cornerstone YouTube channel, the, the kind of worship YouTube channel. 
Is there another yeah. way you can watch it? Can you download on iTunes or something like this? Yeah, so so we recorded that song uh, at Keswick a few years ago. If you if you um, search on iTunes, on Spotify, on all the usual places for we we have an anchor. We call it we have an anchor, and put Keswick beside it. It'll come up. I've just recorded another version, which we're hopefully going to release in the next few months as well. So keep an eye out for that on on if you just search for Phil Moore on Spotify and things on YouTube as well. You'll you'll be able to find that hopefully too. But they're very versions available online and uh yeah I, I, we'll, we'll talk about this later on i'm sure but you know one of the things that we want to make sure that people know is that that we are more than happy for people to use our songs as part of their online worship and uh, we want to make those freely available and widely available for people to do that just to make things a bit easier really yeah and it's great because we we as a church have benefited from uh, artists like yourself and others who have freely given both their skills and talents but also their resources, their bank accounts, mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. done has really enriched our church services in this time. But but talking about songs and songs you've co-written, I'm just kind of uh, following you on Twitter and various different things. You've clearly done a lot of songwriting and a lot of mm -hmm. co-written songs. Uh, maybe pick out some of your favourites if you can kind of imagine them in your mind now. What's yeah. been your favourites and why are they your favourites to have been involved in? Yeah, I've, I've written quite a number of songs over the last 10 years. Uh, they, they say the first 10 years are the worst, by the way. So, you know, I'm hoping the gold is still to come, but there we go. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, you know, We Have an Anchor is definitely up there, one of my favourites. During, uh, just before lockdown last year, uh, I went on Twitter and I read a tweet, which was uh, a poem written by an evangelist called Glenn Scrivener, um, who um, uh, you, you may well have heard of. He would be a great, another Australian to get onto the podcast. Uh, he would be a great person to have on. Uh, and he, he written this tweet, which was based on, on, on Revelation 7. You know, there's a lamb at the center of the throne and uh, uh, a wonderful verse. And, uh, for me, songwriting it either it either happens straight away or it's a really laborious, long, drawn out process. And you know, I read these words, and immediately I had a melody come into my head. And you know, I I sent Glenn a message that you know you don't mean no fee from Adam, but I've I've read your tweet and a, a song's come into my head. Thinking you know he's going to think this is a very strange message to get from someone. Anyway, he messaged back straight away to say this is really interesting. This is really could we develop this? So we. We turned that into a song and then back about a year ago now, uh, we said, you know, this would be a great time to do something with it. So we did one of those uh, song videos with lots of people singing along and lots of musicians playing along. And uh, we stuck that out on, on YouTube. And, and again, it's been great to see the response to that. That one's definitely traveled. Uh, it's called We Have a Lamb, uh, the song. And uh, yeah, that's been an encouragement to me to, to see that one. Um, yeah, other favourites, I think probably one other, which is a, a kind of different kind of song, you know, I, I, most of the songs I've written, I'd say would be in the congregational category, uh, one that, that probably isn't, but quite a special song to me is is one that I wrote last year based on, um, actually two years ago now, uh, called Oh How Great Are The Blessings, and uh, just, just for me, I kind of sat down at the piano one day and I said, you know, I want to write a song which is a kind of praise song, thinking about how God has blessed me in my life and uh, you know I listened to a friend of ours Rue, Rue Miller who was preaching a sermon in, in church and you know I don't know if you've got any creative types in your congregation but sometimes when somebody's preaching the mind can wander slightly <laughs> to the creative areas and uh, so uh, when he was preaching I, I kind of began to kind of formulate some lyrics to this song in my head and as he was speaking he said something like this which was the blessings of God are like 
diamonds um, shining in the ashes. And I just thought that was really powerful because, you know, we can look around and we can see in our own lives, we can see mess, we can see destruction, we can see how, you know, everything has been stripped away, hasn't it, in this last year. And yet there are blessings of God which are glistening like diamonds in the ashes. And so that, that's a song which talks about that. Oh, how great are the blessings. That's on, on YouTube as well. Um, yeah. So Sounds great. And I think what's really interesting is now that you've said that you've written a song based on a tweet, I have a funny feeling <laughs> there'll be a lot more people on Twitter or at least trying to come up with something that sounds overtly gospel orientated and, and maybe phil will pick it up and write a song yeah uh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair uh, i think the twitter world could could do with more uh, gospel orientated um little poems going out amen yes <laughs> yes if you're not on twitter maybe you want to go on and, and follow phil for these <laughs> um, okay well you've done various projects during the online church season including mm. this uh, home for christmas which was a really fantastic resource. Uh, we used actually some of those songs as part of our Carols by Candlelight um, service, which is fantastic. And uh, that particular service was watched live by over 500 people on the evening, Lovely. which yeah. for a small church in, in kind of Lincoln, that was a, such an encouragement to us. Praise uh, God. Tell us how the pandemic has impacted you uh, and the ministries that you've been involved in in Nottingham. What, what's been some of the, I guess, highlights and, and low moments of this last year? Yeah, so, so my, my job is kind of split in two. I look after our 11 to 18s work with young people. And I, I'd say as a kind of low light, it's just been seeing the impact emotionally, spiritually, um, mental health wise on our young people. I think it's just been, they've been desperately hit. They've been one of these categories of people, you know, we've all been hit by this, but I think our young people um, have, have been really badly affected by uh, just the isolation and uh, the experience of, you know, school being on and off and, and mostly off for the last year. And uh, so I think that's been a, that's been a, a challenge for us uh, uh, in terms of, of, of music ministry. Uh, I think, well, back, back at the beginning of, of, of lockdown one, you know, it, it just was clear that one, we were going to have to do things in a very different way than we'd ever done before. We'd we'd never really recorded songs for our church to use in our church. And, uh, and, and I knew, I just had a heart having worked at, uh, I spent three years at an Anglican church down in, in Leicestershire. And uh, I just have a real heart for, for kind of resourcing churches that are kind of under-resourced. And, you know, I, I saw that there was just a real need to produce simple song resources. So I started just press and record, hitting, playing the piano for a few traditional hymns and, and, and putting some lyrics onto those. And, and those started to be picked up by churches around the UK and, and America and a lot of places who were, who wanted to use them as part of their live work, their kind of online worship. And I, so I just recorded a bunch of those uh, and we got to Christmas and I thought, you know, it'd be really nice to do something special for Christmas in a similar vein, you know, recording songs as a resource for churches to use. And uh, so I, I kind of worked out roughly how much it would cost to do that, to film it properly. And, you know, this was all in the middle of lockdown. So it's like, you know, how are we going to film an album and record this all? But uh, so there was added challenges of that. And, uh, you know, normally where you'd be able to kind of say, oh, to the band, why don't you go, you can all come and stay at my house or stay at my friend's house. You know, we had to say, no, we've got to pay for hotels for everyone to stay in, you know, to make it all COVID secure and everything as well. So the, the costs began to creep up and up and up. So I said, 
let's do a Kickstarter. You know, I, I thought it's going to cost us, what, £8,000 to be able to record this properly and do it well. Within, I think, two weeks, we'd raised £10,000. People had just backed it on Kickstarter. It was amazing to see the generosity of, of God's people in that. And uh, uh, and and during this process, uh, Jonathan Carswell, who I think you had on uh, very recently, got in touch with me and said, you know, you know these songs you recorded in Phil, is there any chance we could stick them onto a CD and make it a kind of carol service on a CD kind of thing that people could give away evangelistically? And uh, I was like, you know, who even buys CDs? You know, <laughs> you know, we, we've got CDs. They're like, we use them as coasters or whatever. And uh, interestingly, my wife had said two or three weeks previously, she said, oh, I think you should put some, uh, you know, Bible readings, maybe a little talk on there. And you could use this as a kind of evangelistic thing as well. I was like, really? No, it's never going to catch on. Anyway, Jonathan got in touch to do this. I was like, OK, we'll give it a go. I think he initially ordered maybe 5,000 of these to give away. And, you know, it was just amazing to see how it kind of increased and increased and increased and increased. I think, I think in the end, we did over 30,000 of those went out across the UK uh, evangelistically for people to use. And then the videos as well, which I thought was going to be the main thing. That was, I think, still a blessing to, to people and to churches that maybe like yourselves to use. And, and, you know, I think over 200 churches use the videos uh, as part of their Christmas services. But uh, the, the CD, I was just blown away by how many people kind of got behind that and uh, and wanted to use that. So yeah, that, that was the kind of home for Christmas and during the pandemic up until this point. Yeah, I mean, there's an advantage, isn't there, of the church often being behind the curve. We still use CDs, do you know, which is great. But the thing is, I think I think what's wonderful in this is that this season has pushed us to develop in different ways, mm. some old ways and some new ways. I think the, just the key thing is to get out of the comfort zone and, yeah. and just let God take charge of it, I think, um, is a really incredible moment in, in that sense. Um, but yeah, I, I've got to admit, I didn't order a CD, but we did use the videos um, and, and they were they were fantastic. Well, just talking about church and, and songs and hymns, what are your thoughts on the type of songs that we should be singing in church? And how do you go about deciding with so many songs and hymns available? Um, pretend I'm a, a, an utter rookie at church uh, service development. I've, I've got a church service coming up. How should I go about picking songs that that are should be used in a church service? Yeah, yeah, I, I think this is a great question. Thank you so much for asking it. I I, I think that there's obvious there's obvious criteria in my head, which are you know, is this a song which speaks truth? You know, is this true to God's word? Is this going to say something in a helpful way, which helps us to remember? the truth of God's word. And, and you know, that is one of the functions of music. And, you know, we do go out of the, the, the a church on a Sunday or even turn off our live stream. And we, we remember the words of the songs of the hymns far more than we remember the words the preacher has said, you know, as a preacher myself, <laughs> that's kind of hard to, hard to kind of, to kind of feel sometimes, but we do, we, we learn our theology through what we sing. And, and that's why it's really important for us to sing good songs, which speak of truth. So, you know, I, I think it's important for us to have songs which are are kind of full of gospel hope and gospel truth as a kind of first criteria. 
um you know I, i'd also say it, it's got to be something which is is singable as well you know there are songs out there which melodically and musically are just really difficult to sing you know i think i think it should be enjoyable for us to sing worship in a you know in a, in a service so, some, sometimes you look at the the piano player in church and the song is so complicated and so difficult that you can it almost looks like they're in physical pain yes. because their face is all crunched up and they're trying to work out you know and you think that that shouldn't be our experience, you know, so we, it, I think it's good for us. And what I try to do when I'm writing a melody is to write simple melodies, which almost fade into the background compared to the, the truth that's there, that they, they support the truth, but they don't dominate and they don't become catchy for the sake of being catchy or, or tricky for the sake of being tricky, syncopated or whatever like that. So, so musically, we've got to be careful with that as well. Um, I also think it's it's good for us to look out for songs which which say something um, in a in a in a kind of fresh way. You know, say something familiar in a fresh way. And you know, there's a number of songs. Yeah, we we really are blessed by the, the songs from from Sovereign Grace, and we're we're we're, we're probably um, at risk slightly of kind of using some of their songs a bit too much. But one of their songs, "Oh Great God of Highest Heaven." You know, it, it has it has um, it has a line in the in the third verse. I think it is help me now to live a life that's dependent on your grace. And, you know, it's, it's thinking about songs like that. How does this song function as a part of a service? Is this a kind of gathering song? You know, come people of the risen king, you know, rejoice, rejoice. That kind of, you know, receive our adoration, kind of gathering together song is this a song which could be used to kind of prepare our hearts for the the preaching of the word your sovereign grace of a song called show us christ yeah. which is a, is, a, is a great song there's a prayer for the preaching of the word you know that we might be changed and and sharpened and refreshed by that and then you know that song oh great god of highest heaven that's a a brilliant song for kind of sending people out mm. you know help me now to live a life that's dependent on your grace that is what i need to sing as i walk out you know uh, there's a church uh, that's that's known to me that has a has a sign above the door as you walk out of the church building which says you are now entering the mission field, and I love that. You know we we're, we're called to go and to make disciples, and yeah, I, I think we should have a rich and wide and deep um, uh, range of songs that we sing in our churches. There is a temptation sometimes to sing the same twenty songs again and again and again and again and again. It, it's good for us to have songs that we love. So, you know, if I went to your church, I, I, I would want to know which which of the songs that this church loves to sing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we should we should have a good number of those songs in each of our services, certainly. But it's also good for us to not remain stale or get stale in that and to have to be looking out for new songs, but not overwhelm the congregation with too many new songs. Maybe think how many how many new songs could we teach in a year? You know, if we did one new song every eight weeks, yeah. then, um, you know, every, every uh, then, then you would be able to learn what, you know, five or six new songs in a year. And you think that's, that's great. But if you do that every year, you know, within three years, you've learned, you know, 15, 20 songs, you know, you, you kind of, mm -hmm. you kind of picked up a, 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 another bunch of songs, which hopefully you've learned to love as well and can be a great service to your church in that. Just a couple more questions kind of on, I guess, service and songs. Um, I, I loved it at this kind of FIC conference. Again, I, I, maybe I'm just nostalgic. Uh, Colin Webster and yourself read a passage before every single song that you sang and, and we sang together. And, and I found that quite powerful that mm. as we come to sing, we need to go to God's word first. 
is that mm. something you do in church services or was that kind of a conference thing yeah um, we do we, we have a slightly different setup in that we have a service leader who would who would read and would pray as before we sing um but yeah we, we do that as part of our regular worship as well um i i, I think i think you're right in that, that that there's there's an element when we're together on a conference that we make sure that what we're doing is is absolutely rooted in in the word of god you know what one of the one of the temptations as a songwriter or a worship leader or anything particularly a songwriter is you go to a conference and you can i've got these five new songs and i want everyone to hear them i don't want everyone to sing them i don't want everyone to take them home but your conference could be about something completely different to what the songs are about so you know we've always been saying you know it's not about our songs it's not about pushing ourselves it's it's about promoting christ and we want we want to serve the people who are in front of us our highest calling is to serve the people who are in front of us, and so uh, that that that's the um, um, that that's that's the kind of methodology behind what we do. So we want to make sure everything's rooted in the Bible. And what in the thoughts on kids talks? Um, we we are known at Lincoln Baptist. Uh, we do lots of kids talks. Uh, every church service we do, uh, there's something for the kids. Um, usually, it's me making a fool of myself or my wife doing some sophisticated. Uh, kids talks we've done animal series garden series science series we've done all these sort of things and something we've dabbled in a little bit is kids songs afterwards um, mm. and in a kids song what i find though is it's quite difficult to find i guess good kid good modern kids songs you know mm. we, we all know the ones we learned in sunday school you know 20 34 years ago uh, any insights into kids songs and and any good resources that you know of yeah, I guess a couple of recommendations would be again uh, Sovereign Grace. Their their kids stuff I think is really good. Um, they we we've done a, a few of their songs as kind of getting the whole church singing it, recording themselves singing it, and putting that together. And uh, they've got one song which goes through the kind of whole story from Genesis to Revelation. There's one story of your great salvation. It's all about Jesus. It's called yeah, that's what it's called. It's all about Jesus. Another uh, a couple of guys based in the UK. You might have heard of them called Awesome Cutlery. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they're they're great guys. I think they've written some brilliant songs. Uh, they've written a song called It's a Light and a Hammer, which yeah. talks about um, what the Bible is. Hold the power of the universe in your hands. Uh, you know, and we we've been learning these songs with our boys as well, and and trying to encourage that in our kind of family time together. But I, I think it's also good to remember that that it we we can teach children to sing hymns and you know adult songs grown-up songs you might want to add some actions along to it we can be creative with that as well but you know we talk about uh, we have an anchor our, our boys particularly our five-year-old he he loves that song and he, he sings it most days <laughs> to the point where like you know there are other songs actually you know we can't you know do something else but they, they kind of latch on to things and if you get if, if you as the parents are getting excited about the truth of a song then why not why not teach that to your kids? You say you know, I know the Getty, Keith and Kristen Getty. They they have a song of the month for their family, and they they teach their their girls you know a a, a, a new hymn every month. And you could do that as a family. You, know, you could say you know why don't we we'll sing this before bedtime every night, or sing it as you're brushing your teeth, or whatever it might be. And uh, then you you know again by the end of the year you've learned ten or twelve new songs as a family, or and uh, things that your kids might know, and you do a different bunch the next year and you know i think that's really helpful such a kind of almost highbrow answer compared to our family we listen to a lot of slugs and bugs i don't know if you've come oh nice yeah yeah um a lot of silly songs but also bible songs as well 
Uh, but if you we're known in Lincoln, we drive a big blue van. And if we drive through Lincoln as a family, you're getting all these kind of silly Christian kids songs. So I think that's a great piece of advice. Just sing almost that one song over and over again with yes. the kids so they get to know. Um, okay, switching tact a little bit. What's the new projects coming up? And I'm specifically thinking about Easter here. Yeah, so we got uh, uh, we did home for Christmas. Uh, we thought uh, people probably don't really want to be at home at Easter. So we thought <laughs> we'll, we'll change the name slightly and we're going to have hope for Easter. So we had home for Christmas. We've got hope for Easter. It's a similar kind of setup. We've recorded um, uh, an album of songs, some traditional hymns, which we've given a, a kind of fresh lick of paint to and uh, and a few new songs on there as well, written with, with various other people. And uh, the evangelist Glenn Scrivener has has recorded a couple of short talks, which are on that, uh, and some Bible readings as well. We've got other people involved doing that. Christianity Explored have very kindly given us one of their testimonies, which is on there as well. So this is a CD which um, will be available on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere else as well. But uh, will be uh, made by ten of those as a, uh, a a CD, which will be widely available. And they've got some brilliant deals, as as you know. Having spoken to Jonathan, you know all about their deals. But uh, I think if you buy, you know, for churches and other church leaders who might be listening, if you buy a hundred of these, you get them for one pound each, which I think is, you know, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> well, I, I, he didn't know how he, he does it either. It just it, it just happens. <laughs> hey, look, if you are part of LBC, there is a special discount you can get as well on ten of those. Just head to our website, check out the conversation we've had with uh, Jonathan Carswell. So, is that just CD, just audio, or are you doing videos for that one as well? So we have we're, we're making some lyric videos for it. it it won't be quite the same in terms of because we recorded it during proper lockdown so we, we didn't we didn't want to have the musicians close together so we just recorded the um the, the the music which we'll add to lyric videos they'll be made available for churches to use as well keep keep an eye out on on my social media if you search for cornerstone worship on facebook and twitter and elsewhere you'll be able to find that um and i will keep you posted about that as well fantastic do you have any inside scoops to any conferences that are going to be actually in person this year have you been asked to do any uh, of them we're really hoping and praying that that keswick the keswick convention will be able to go ahead and uh, we'll hopefully follow that in the next month or two you know exactly what that'll look like um uh yeah given the roadmap i think i think it, it looks promising that that there will be some form of in-person gatherings happening in the summer uh for for these conferences and festivals um yeah we've been booked for the fic conference again in, in november so uh yeah very much looking forward to that and doing bits and pieces online uh, i tried last last thursday night i had my first online concert um so we had uh, i think 150 screens on there as we launched the easter project just from our living room and uh, my wife came on and did a few few games she's very good at ch giving challenges out i had to play some worship songs on a, a, a children's toy, a fluffy toy elephant <laughs> has a, a piano keyboard on its trunk. <laughs> so that was the joy of that. So there might be a few more things like that as well, making the most of what we can do online. I like like what yourselves are doing. It's great to see churches just thriving in, in this season of online ministry. Absolutely. And, and you just wait and see. You'll have a bunch of tweets with poems and little comments before the FI <laughs> conference. These guys are going to try and get you to do a song. But hey, remember what Phil said here. The conference is about what the conference is about, not yeah. about the, the songs you want sung. So how can we as a church, LBC, uh, Lincoln Baptist Church, and those listening online uh, support you specifically and also just the ministries you're involved in in the upcoming months? Um, 
before it. Yeah, thank you. I, I think obviously the biggest thing is to pray, pray for for ourselves uh, as we as we write songs, as we lead others in in praise at different events and conferences. Pray, pray that we would have integrity in what we're doing. You know that we would keep true to God's word and that we would magnify Christ in all that we're doing. Um, I think secondly, you could you know sing our songs. That's uh, that's a great way of supporting us and uh, and sharing those with others as well and and yeah j just encouraging you know we we have got a global um menu of worship songs in which that we could sing but um you know I, i'm i'm a kind of big proponent that, that in the in the uk we've got a real rich tradition of hymn writing and songwriting tradition and so i would say sing you know we, we it's a, they got the kind of advert saying shop local sing local i think it's good to sing uk-based songs as well as american australian whatever you know nothing against those brilliant to see the the, the songs coming out around the world but uh, make the most of what's on your doorstep i think there's going to be a hashtag going out now sing local uh, that's what's <laughs> going to come out from this okay well what we like to do towards the end of the podcast is just kind of give a, a quick fire uh, question round yeah uh, these are questions that come from our own church members from from those within our church family um, there, there's. It's not meant to be deep or, or, or necessarily long, although sure. we're not doing very well with that on the podcast. They do tend to go deep and long, uh, but they're designed to just the first thing that's on your mind uh, as a kind of piece of advice. Uh, so far in the podcast, my girls have asked some um, crazy questions. Sadly, there is no crazy questions from my girls for you this time round. So they're all serious this time. So let me fire you with the first one. What is your favorite hymn and why? Favorite hymn, I think currently I'd say, great is thy faithfulness, you know, uh, and just those lines, strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all mine with 10,000 beside, you know, we do have um, strength for today and we have hope for tomorrow. I, you know, I love the richness of that. Um, yeah, great is thy faithfulness, I'm going to go for. Super, okay, best song or hymn for Easter? Best song or hymn for Easter, great. Um, uh, I could give you two. I could give you two. Okay. Uh, I, I do. I really, really, really love the power of the cross by um, the Gettys and Tynan combination. I think that has really stood the, stood the test of time and done well. The kind of build up to Good Friday and you know the the curtain torn into dead or raised to life. Um, you know, finished my his victory cry and uh, yeah, I, I just love that song. We've actually on the Easter project. I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert for our Easter project. We've done a new version of the hymn "Christ the Lord is Risen Today" and yeah. added a little chorus onto that. So watch out for that one, yeah. and that might be one that you want to sing on Easter Sunday. Very simple little chorus we've added on to that traditional hymn. Super. Okay. Favorite Christian book or something that you're reading right now that is just really good for the moment? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I guess I've jumped on the bandwagon of, 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 of one that's become quite popular at the minute. So Gentle and Lowly by Dan Ortland. I've been really blessed by that book. Um, really, really enjoying that, uh, reading that at the minute. Just, just great to kind of lead us to Christ and to think of him and make much of him. Yeah, Jonathan Carswell recommended that. And as again, there's a little discount there if you want to uh, go ahead and order one. Okay, what Christian artists do you listen to? You mentioned a few already, but what are your favourite artists to listen to on Spotify or, or iTunes or something? Yeah, I'm really enjoying listening to Andrew Peterson at the minute, who doesn't write um, uh, worship songs, but it uh, well, he has actually written a few, but he, he mainly writes um, songs which are Christian, but, you know, kind of helpful folk kind of style. Um, yeah, he's got a great song I would recommend listening to called, called um, The Dark Before Dawn, which I think is 
absolutely on point for the season that we're in at the minute. You know, you know, the night is the darkest before the dawn, isn't it? You know, that, that's a famous quotation. And he takes that and kind of works that out in 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 song form. So I listen to Andrew Peterson. I, I, I do like, um, yeah, what the, what the Gettys are doing. Um, I've been listening quite a lot recently to um, uh, Matt Merker, Matt Boswell, um, those guys and, and, and their songs. I, I love listening to Hillsong and uh, some of the some of the best best uh, modern hymns i think in in some in some some ways have been coming out of their songs like man of sorrows and oh praise the name uh, matt redmond I, I love listening to those guys and, and then look in the uk to kind of sing local um i'd say uh you know lou fellingham's doing a, a fantastic job I've, I've done this come and sing with me thing every day weekday morning with a few others ollie knight who's been involved with word alive and Simon and Anna Breeding, who, who are involved with the New Frontiers movement as well. I, I think there's, there's a real richness of songs there. Lot, lots of Matt's. Matt Matt, Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt Boswell. You didn't mention Matt Papa. Oh, uh, Matt Papa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I need to change my name to Matt, uh, Ross. That, that might help me out a little bit there, you know. <laughs> exactly. Okay, a verse or passage in the Bible that you would say has significantly impacted your life. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I, I was just I was just thinking about this earlier on. So in in, a, in Colossians three, you know, one of these passages we've talked about, kind of singing, um, Colossians three sixteen, where it says, uh, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God." And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I, I, I think, you know, we have really had to think about what does it mean to sing to the Lord with our hearts this year? You know, it, it, in our church buildings, you know, whether they've been full or, or empty or, or, you know, there's been no singing for gathered congregations out loud uh, other than in our homes. And so I, I think it's been, it's really made me think about what, what does it mean for us to sing in our hearts, our hearts to be thankful, for us to have this kind of attitude of gratitude to the Lord uh, in all that we do. Um, and that obviously our worship of God is so much bigger than just what we, we do on a Sunday or what we sing on a Sunday. It's our lives and and that's our calling to, to worship him in everything. We recently had... Johnny Prime, Associate National Director of FIC, preach um, at Lincoln Baptist. And one of the things he was talking about is Psalm 42, 43 and kind of the preaching to your soul. Mm. It's that sense of, I think, when we get back to church, we are going to have to really think about, as you say, how we sing, how we preach first mm -hmm. in our hearts and then as a congregation. Uh, but one final question uh, for you, one piece of advice, if you could give just one to worship groups out there they're they're heading back to church hopefully this year you've got musicians you've got singers you've got service leaders what's your one piece of advice you would give them this year as a worship group yeah i i think as you gather um be be praying with and praying for one another as you lead uh, that, that that can be an area where tensions can can come you know people can have differences of opinion about musical arrangements musical things other things have grace for one another and, and also have fun you know i think god's called us to have joy in the service of him and uh you know what what a great place for us to model that you know we should we should not only 
uh, feel like, we should also look like we're enjoying ourselves <laughs> and, uh, as we sing in, in a kind of, uh, in, a, in a worshipful way to the Lord, you know, so, so make the most of that time when you gather together and, and remember it, it's, it's all about him. I, I, uh, I love a Scotsman that once said, um, do you love Jesus? Yes. Um, are you joyful about Jesus? Yes. Okay, tell your face. Um, is that a reminder? Smile when you yes. sit. Have the joy in, in how you come across. Yeah. But yeah, we, That's we... contagious. That's, I think it is for a congregation. You know, people catch that. And, you know, yes, if you see someone with a joyful face, it makes you want to smile. Absolutely. We, we also implemented in our worship group a prayer before every song in our practice sessions. And yeah. We extend out the practice session out make it really long if anything it shortened it down because after that prayer god was clearly encouraging us to to mm. on him so yeah I, I i will absolutely agree with you on that and worship groups praying together will sing well together so there you go well before praying for for phil uh, just remember to head to cornerstone worship on youtube subscribe to that channel and um, phil does various different things on live stream there and it's really helpful to just kind of start your day or through the day while you're doing whatever work to hit play and just uh, listen along there's also lots of other resources you can have there and also while you're there you can head to lincoln baptist online uh, subscribe there shameless plug to bible teaching and various kids talks you can get online but but phil let me finish off by praying for you and your ministry thank you so much father we do thank you that once again we can have this opportunity to have a conversation and father we thank you for phil and just for everything you've been doing in his life from that young age of giving him those skills uh, gifts talents to play the piano to hear melodies to write songs uh, father we praise you for using him for your kingdom's sake we thank you for the home for Christmas and we are with anticipation praying for the hope for Easter. And Father, we pray that that be a great evangelistic resource and many thousands would hear the gospel news that Jesus is alive, he has defeated death and he has victory over sin. And so Father, we praise you that we have all these resources to our hands. Let us use them effectively. And Father, just as Phil has been explaining how to pick songs for services, how to establish prayerfulness in a worship group father we pray that we would hear this advice and don't just forget it and toss it off to one side but we would take some of this advice and implement it into our own worship settings and that we can glorify you as we grow together as the the body of christ and father just that encouragement to sing local and we do want to pray for our local artists our local churches producing resources father we do pray that we can use them establish them in their own church and really encourage uh, local bands, artists, and churches. We pray this in your precious name. Amen.